This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Primetime Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Dave Oster. You almost got it. I almost did. I'm going to roll with it, though. Hey, everybody. Because you are Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm throwing pens. Uh, Ricky Widmer is not here because it's not the Fastbird Podcast, and he's on a month break. That's going to yep. be ending this week. After this week, Ricky will be back on the Primetime Podcast doing his damn fucking podcast. You gotta um, pop the pop that, the finger pistols. That we kicked him off because the <laughs> kid does like 10 podcasts and just probably need to take a break. I so figure, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. We haven't really talked about uh, how he feels after the break, but I think he's itching to get back to it. Uh, so we'll have Ricky back next week, and then we'll figure out more of a uh, schedule on who will be on what uh, and who will be on the Primetime Podcast with uh, with Ricky. But we have a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking about R.J. Hampton foregoing his college uh, eligibility, foregoing uh, going to a college or university in the States, and going to New Zealand to play for the New Zealand Breakers in the NBL. We'll talk about that and his decision. Then we will play hit or miss. We will literally just go through the 30 kids that were in our mock draft last week and yep. just say, will they hit at this projection? Yes or no. And it's going to be fun because in two years we can go back and be like, wow, we were dead fucking wrong. I literally spent two hours today listening to our former NBA draft mock. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly well. Really? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I read through the comments. Yes. I read through some hot takes from our way too early uh, somebody went back there and smashed somebody on the like, you know, how you feeling now about Zion not going number one? It was like, Jesus, okay, kid. No, well, we were wrong. And I will admit I was wrong. And yeah. I think we admitted that mock draft number oh, one. We did. Um, but, and <laughs> then next we'll do, uh, after that, we'll do uh, Hills were will- willing to die on. Uh, yeah. So Nazreed is a top 20 prospect. You can't tell me nothing. He is going to be one of the best players in this draft. Fuck off. I'm you surprised you stopped at 20. It. I'm waiting True. for 10. That's fair. Five, honestly. One. Yeah. He's better than Zion. Uh, those are hills that we'll die on. Uh, and an example of a hill we'll die on uh, later in the podcast. Before we jump into all that, though, check us out on patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to check us out and support us, we got the bronze tier, the silver tier, and the gold tier. Our Discord has been popping off recently, so definitely check that out. But Dave, I think I've been talking enough. Let's jump into the actual podcast, and let's start off with RJ Hampton, the high schooler from Texas, chose to... Go away from the NCAA. He had offers from Duke, Kansas, um, some other schools, and then I think Memphis as well. And he decided to go to New Zealand and play for the New Zealand Breakers. And this is nothing new exactly. We've seen this from different players for different reasons. Emmanuel Moutier, one of them. Brandon Jennings, one of them. Uh, we throw out Terrence Ferguson. Uh, and uh, most recently, Brian Bowen, who is now going to be in this upcoming class. Um, all of them for different reasons. R.J. Hampton, though, going because he wants to play professional basketball and he wants to make money. Uh, Doesn't really want to go to the whole college thing and even said on Get Up uh, that he is smart enough to go to college. His mom had a master's degree, so it's just about playing basketball. So let's talk about it. Is this a smart move for R.J. Hampton? It could be a smart move for him, and I'm so already on the fence on this one. It seems like, yes, being you know 100% all-in on basketball – I like something about him just coming out and saying that. Like, yeah, it's not about the education for me. I want to go play basketball professionally. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. That's my passion in life. I respect him for that because a lot of the time we go back to the, you know, you don't go to college basketball isn't about school. You know, college football, not about school. I don't don't go to college to play school. 
I think it was the uh, famous quote from someone at Ohio State, quarterback a couple years back. It was, back, uh, right? JT Barrett? No, not JT uh, Barrett. It, it was somewhere in that grouping of three quarterbacks, I feel Braxton like. Braxton Miller. Could have been. Uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I know who it is. The kid uh, who played for Buffalo. Ah. Uh, fuck. Gonna, <laughs> just keep talking. EJ Manuel? No. No. What? I'm just trying to think. He went to Buffalo, but yeah. he was in Florida State. Oh, okay. You said Buffalo. Cordero. Went... Cordero. Not Cordero. Fuck. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Keep talking. Um, point being, I can't blame him for it. I think it is a good move for him if he's all in on basketball. Cordell Jones. Cordell Jones. Okay. Huge arm. Cardell Jones. Cardell. Thank you. That's right. Huge arm. Miss that guy. Um not I, Chargers I, now. He ain't playing. <laughs> he's on the Chargers now. <laughs> I think that you can't go wrong with going international at this point in time. It, it's a matter of time till we get rid of the one and done rule. So this is really just kind of cementing the fact that if there's a way out, kid, you know, kids these days will take it because that's not the that's not the only way to get to the NBA is through college. You know, yes, your sh- your skills are showcased on a national level for everyone to see. But going internationally, I think there's a chance that he'll learn from professional players playing against grown men. We talk about it all the time yeah, for the Euro no. players, how it's different. Mm. But I don't know as far as going to this New Zealand team. Yes, it, it, it is a step down from a lot of the top from the top Euro league. Big but time. it's still grown men playing basketball, mm. which you're not going to get in college. Here's what I'll say. Yep. And, and also shout out to Cardell Jones, who on October 5th, 2012, tweeted out, why should we have to go to class if we play, came here to play football? Ball, we ain't play. We ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. Uh, football school that was amazing. Pointless. All all in caps. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing with this, and and the biggest thing that I take away from from this is he immediately tanked his draft stock. Just immediately. I mean, you went from the ability. And let's just look at this yeah. realistically. Yep. Luka Doncic was the most polished draft player in. In draft in, the, in recent draft history, probably in the past five years, in, in yeah, our mind, longer than that, yeah. At least looking at this, yep. This kid, most polished coming out, and he went third. And yep. why? Because there's just an inherent idea that European leagues are worse than college. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not worse, even if they are better, I, and I think we can agree that the Euro league the, that Luca was playing level, in, yeah, was better. Yeah. The fact that you are just going away from the media, from the country, from the actual landmass is yep. immediately going to take your you you yourself, RJ Hampton, out of the minds of scouts, of uh, us dumbasses, of media, immediately taking yourself out of that picture. And even if you are going to light it up overseas, it's still going to tank you. If you're if you went in and, and put up twenty points in the NCAA, that is much better than going over to fucking New Zealand and putting up forty. And and, and it doesn't matter if, if you yeah. have the body, if you have everything, it's immediately just going to discount you because you are not playing at the level we are used to. Or it's not the level that is is high in, in our minds. Also uh, the expectations, I mean you're saying even if you want to drop forty, like most of the time when these kids go over and play internationally, they're mm-hmm. not dropping crazy numbers. They're getting a you know a share of minutes but they're not in a starring role the majority of the time. So mm-hmm. expectations for them, those numbers might not pop off the screen for people who can't get to watch all of your games because you're playing, you know, literally on the other side of the planet. Uh, they can see, you know, stat sheets. So a lot of, you know, I don't want to say like non-analysts, but like outside observers, the media, everybody, it's just like they're going to go off of, yeah, he's going, he's playing Australia, putting up, you know, like seven points a game, you know, four rebounds and an assist. Like, why would I take that guy in the top 10 of my draft? Like, it just, it's so much harder to make a case for yourself at the top of the draft. 
when you don't have, like you said, that media spotlight on you. You don't have the game tape readily available. I know you have been digging through Finding Seku and Boya, mm-hmm. you know, all complete game stuff because for the longest time it's like, okay, we had his under 16 game, we had his under 18 game, and then you were just, you know, really hard pressed to find full game. It was a lot of highlight clips out there which don't give you what you want, you know, to to accurately judge a prospect. So when it comes to playing internationally, I, I think draft wise, it may I, I agree with you. It will hurt his draft stock. But if he it, it's for him, you know, that's it's his choice to go play internationally. And if he feels like he gets more out of playing as a professional player, good for him. I don't really have any problem with it. I, I, I don't disagree on the draft stock yeah, thing. Here's the thing is I don't have a problem <laughs> with it. If he if he wants to go over and you know do this, it's his life, it's his choice. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna bash it. But if this is a move for the NBA, you immediately hurt it. You should have went to college if you're trying to help your draft stock. Yeah. It's that simple. You probably should have just, even if you didn't want to go and and play for you know a certain team or whatever, and you didn't want to play in college, you should have stayed in the states and worked your ass off like Mitchell Robinson did, or uh, you know uh, went five years in in, uh, in in high school like Anthony Simmons did, or did what Darius Baisley did. Uh, yeah, and, and and did something with we're, uh, we're seeing you know, a lot a, a of company. alternate routes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think going overseas is just hurting your draft stock. He can build it up without a doubt, and it doesn't mean he's a bad player. It doesn't mean he's not going to be a good NBA player. None of this is is dependent on what his actual talents are, or what his actual you know ability uh, are when it comes to a ba- what his actual abilities are when it comes to a basketball floor. Um, that doesn't this doesn't this decision doesn't affect that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take you out of the mind of these scouts and of these GMs, and it's going to be harder for you to go and watch them. It's going to be harder for them to get a feel on you. It's easier to fly a dude from California to New York and go and watch you, or California to, you know, fucking you know, North Carolina if you're playing yeah. at Duke. Uh, it's it way Kansas, harder. I think, for him, but... Yeah. yeah. It's way harder to go be like, hey, we're going to take you out of commission where you're not going to be able to go to some of these tournaments and watch, you know... 15 guys at the same time, if Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, and, you know, Michigan are all playing together, yeah. we're going to have to fly you out to New Zealand to watch one single guy? Does not make sense to me. And even then, they're not going to be able to watch you on television easily, readily, available. Yeah, They're going to have to dig through and get these, you know, archives of footage, and even then, it's going to be difficult to actually get a better feel for what you are. They'll probably see, you know, three games as they spend time over there in RJ Hampton uh, with like a week uh, of him. And they might see, you know, like you were saying, 25 minutes of him play in those three games where, you know, you can go to Kansas and you can watch three games of him in a week all within, you know, five states or whatever, three states. And they'll probably get 20 minutes a game. And you get 60 minutes of watching, uh, you know, RJ Hampton if he went to Kansas. Um, And And it's not that like. I know every front office in the NBA can send their scouts internationally. That's not the problem. It's really getting the higher-ups in the front office to see the eyes because mm-hmm. they're the guys at the end of the day who make the decision. And from everything it sounds like, you know, all the ones who've come out and talked publicly, hilariously, Magic Johnson recently, but a lot of the um, higher-ups in the front office talk about how, you know, yes, you read through the scouts' reports, you talk to these guys, you value their opinions highly, but watching them play is what sets you over the top. And trying to get one of those execs to go internationally is a whole nother story. Well, and another thing too, it's just like, think of, think of, you know, when you're getting a dinner recommendation and someone's like, oh, you can go to Le Fleur Le Jacques. Um, it's this five-star Michelin, you know, restaurant with this you know, great cuisine, or you could go to Portillo's and get a beef and cheddar croissant. Here's the thing. 
Is that going to be a new experience trying something new at Jaclyn? I fucking forgot what I said. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a new experience. It might be way better and way more prestigious than a beef and cheddar croissant from Portillo's. But holy shit, have you had a beef and cheddar croissant from Portillo's? It's homely. It's something that I'm comfortable with. You know what to expect? It's, it's you easier got a, to You've got a gauge of, ten, you yeah. know, everything. You know, what, it's, you know what to get. It's easier to digest fucking Bill Self basketball than it is New Zealand Breakers basketball in the NBL. I mean, come on. It's just a bad move for his draft stock. And just to rattle off, if you're not, you know, it, it's fine that he wants to go and do this for his own professional career. Go ahead and do that. But even then, let's just look at some of the guys that did do this move. Brandon Jennings, obviously, pretty much one of the first guys to actually do this exact move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certain guys came out before, um, it, but Brandon Jennings was like the first guy to that was a straight up, you know, top recruit. Then went overseas. He went to the Italian league. Um, Enos Cancer technically did it as well. Um, he, he had uh, dual citizenship, or he was uh, Turkish, but he was mm-hmm. born in California. Uh, he decided to go overseas and move to uh, move to the United States in 2009. Started playing senior basketball here. Uh, went to Kentucky. Um, Sorry, I, I screwed that up. Uh, he played professionally in Turkey, then came to the U.S. in 2009 and played senior uh, year of high school at, 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 in, in the States, then went to Kentucky, but was barred from playing due to his previous time spent in Turkey. Um, so he really didn't get a chance to play mm-hmm. over here. Um, my bad on screwing that one up. I'm just kind of going through these. Uh, but Jeremy Tyler, Ricky Lito, Cristiano Felicio, uh, Emmanuel Moutier is one of them. Uh, that, that's a God, kind of big I remember one. Moutier... In his time in China, we I remember mm-hmm. covering that with you guys. Yeah, there's there's some weird ones just because like I'm just literally going off Wikipedia. Uh, they don't have Terrence Ferguson either, but the the three of the ones that stick out to us are Moutier, Ferguson, and and, and Jennings. Jennings went tenth, uh, Moutier went seventh, and uh, Ferguson went seventeenth. Yeah, and so far, if we can gauge it. Moutier's on a second team and not really looking like a star He's point been guard hurt or a every starting point guard. Single, yeah. Brandon Jennings isn't in the league anymore and yep. had a good year once, but that was his on a play bad style Bucks isn't conducive team. to you know winning basketball games. As and it turns out Terrence Ferguson's still a project. He's extremely athletic, developing a three point shot, but yeah. he isn't he isn't a guy yet. He's yep. a project still. Agreed. So it's not saying that it cannot work. RJ Hampton might be the guy that comes over and be the first one that will work. Yeah, but so far. It's just tougher to make that jump into the NBA, whether it be from college, whether it be from taking a year off, whether it be working personally, or whether it be coming from overseas. Mm-hmm. Make it easier on yourself and stay in the States. Just do it. Make it easier on yourself. Because the three guys ahead of you that are tra- you know, blazing that trail, Yeah, I mean, they made money. Brandon Jennings made a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. But no one's really talking about Brandon Jennings as a massive success. No one's really talking about Emmanuel Moody as a massive success. Nope. Terrence Ferguson might be that first max, massive success. RJ Hampton might be that massive success. But that's a 25% hit rate if yeah. RJ Hampton hits and T- Terrence Ferguson doesn't. So it's it's asking a lot, you know, long term on his career to first step, potentially the wrong step in a lot of people's eyes. I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing is like, it's just tough that you said the odds are against him. The eyes are not looking at him. So realistically do you have an idea like expectation wise you know if he hit like x stat line you're no. you're thinking between 10 and 20 is the top he there's there's zero chance he goes top 10 now you're, you're pretty much locking i think that it's out. gonna be di- very difficult for him to go to top 10 because i we, we could look at the top 10 now of last year's you know high school rankings mm-hmm. and just the way that everything's changed no oh, um it flipped you know flipped. i mean yeah. it, it, you look at what happened and you know if you obviously take just all these prospects too like 
John Morant wasn't a highly rated recruit. I mean, you see what these guys do in college, and that moves them up the boards and up and down. And it's going to be such, it's going to be so much difficult to get a gauge on what RJ Hampton can do, you know, next to these guys. And it's going to be so easier to compare the other guys, where you know, moving these guys up and down is going to be way easier. And if you know, this draft already is so loaded. You have Wiseman, you have uh, Nico Mannion, you have literally you can just name Memphis, and you have five players (laughs) in the top. 100 so, so that's just dumb and that's the thing is it's like i don't know if it's gonna actually help him in, in the long run because Jalen Leck was also one of those high, highly recruited guys uh in, in that high school ranking too yeah and, and now he's going in the second round because again you didn't see what he can do in college and maybe it is such an arbitrary idea to go to college and play basketball and you know not be able to make money and possibly risk your uh you know pro career if you do get injured in college which would be extremely unfortunate um but at the end of the day it's just kind of a bullet i think People have to bite if they do want to be a top star in the NBA draft. Yeah. Not in the NBA, but in the NBA draft. Because Mitchell Robinson proved that you can be a very dominant player Dude. and not have to play in college. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that if you want to make it easier on yourself, and if you want to give yourself that heads, you know, mm-hmm. head start and you know already be in uh, you know a top ten player in the draft, just go to college. Do you think and uh, last question on this one on my end? Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Kansas had a disappointing year as far as their top talent this year? You had Quentin Grimes, uh-huh. who busted so hard in college, went back and uh, entered the draft or the uh, transfer portal, I believe. Oh, uh, did he? I, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, Devon Dotson, again, very good, talented, or very good and talented high school player, yeah. goes back to college. Uh, Celia de Souza goes back to college. Like you returned four guys. And I wonder if I that's like just, that'd be more intriguing for him to go there. I mean, less minutes, less opportunity. You got older guys there mm-hmm. uh, who were highly ranked before you. So you think that they're going to get first stab. I don't know. But I mean, it's not like other schools wouldn't be interested in you. Yeah. You're I just, a top recruit. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where, again, at the is, end of the day, I don't I think up it's, to, you know, four gen ed classes, really that terrible. Your, your freshman year of college. That's that's all yeah. I can think about. I, I don't like, really know what really? the I, yeah I don't know what the move is really because you know and he it, said in ESPN he's going back to college later in life. It's just yeah. he knows this window is so important to him. Which I'm like, if you know it's that important, then, then why, why don't you go to to New Zealand slash Australia yeah. to play in the Australian why League? Why don't you go to the Euro League? That would be interesting. Like, why actually. are any of these guys going to the Euro League? Brand Jennings went to the Italian League. Ferguson went to the Australian League. Uh, and Moody went to China. Moody went to China. Why aren't any of these guys going to the actual competition? Which is in the fucking EuroLeague. Yeah. And maybe Euro teams don't want them. That could be a thing. I'm not going to make that argument. But if you want to actually learn basketball, if you actually want to play fundamentals. In, <laughs> if you want to play against professionals, if you want to you know learn a shit ton of fundamentals yeah. and be up against like guys who used to be in the league and like are really were really good or decent players in mm-hmm. the league and just probably didn't want to come over. Uh, a la Rudy Fernandez, shout out to the goat. Um, he's 34, yeah. His knees are kind of banged up. But uh, yeah. go over to the EuroLeague. Like it helped Luca. Like, look at the player Luca is now. He's, you know, he shouldn't be this good, but he is that good because of his fundamentals and what he learned. He's been playing professional since he was 14. Yeah, and the professional <laughs> mindset that he learned. And, and yes, you're not going to be able to get that same rich, uh, you know, experience that yeah. Luca had. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's probably something where, you know, RJ Hampton probably didn't want to learn a new language uh, and, you know, have to deal with Spanish teammates and have to deal with learning, you know, Spanish to communicate with his teammates. Going over to New Zealand, it's easier to understand them because it's a largely uh, majority speaking English country. So yep. I, I I don't know. 
I, I think it's a bad move for his NBA draft stock. Not for his career, because it's too early to tell in his career. But yeah. overall, we've seen guys that, yes, two out of the three guys that we named, Jennings, Moutier, and uh, uh, Ferguson, went in the top 10. But also looking back on those drafts, they weren't that loaded. Mm-hmm. This one that's upcoming can be extremely it looks pretty loaded. good. Looks so, pretty good early on. I, I think it's a very iffy call from RJ Hampton, but... We want to know what you think. Let us know down in the comments below. I could just be a bumbling idiot, which I probably am. Uh, I mean, but we'd love to hear what you think, too. Yeah. I also love when people take and misquote us, because apparently we said Trey Young is a two-guard uh, in one of our NBA uh, mock drafts, which, why the fuck would we say that? Like, maybe we misspoke, but obviously we're not that dumb. We are dumb, though, so let us know why we're wrong in the comments down below. But let's move into the next topic, Dave. RJ Hampton, maybe we'll be in this topic next year when we do this, but we kind of want to be able to set a baseline for ourselves on a video that we can go back to and be like, all right, were we right or were we wrong in our projections? So we're looking at How all this stupid stuff. are we going to look in two years? Exactly. I look probably stupid now. You look like you're looking at my hair. Was my hair fucked up? You got like a little fuzzy stuff. You got it. Oh, okay. There was a fuzzy in there. Oh, all right, cool. Yep. Is it gone? Yeah, I think you're good. Yeah, you're good. All right, cool. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, what we are going to do now is we're going to do hit or miss. I set projections, and Dave and I are just going to answer. Are they going to hit or are they going to miss? Um, so like an example, first one, and, and Dave, you don't have to answer it now. Yep. Zion Williamson, projection, MVP. Will he hit that mark or will he miss that mark? So this is pretty much just a way to boil down hot takes into just the the f- most minute detail that we could possibly do. We're setting do. a bar for you and we're calling hits or misses. And this is this is this is as high as we possibly think. This is like this is, you know, a, an achievable bar, you know, number 1 picks being MVP, not crazy, right? Um so that's the thing is is we're trying to set bars that are very high but definitely within reach from where you are selected. So yeah. we're not going to be like, "Oh, MVP for Talon Horton Tucker," right? <laughs> no. Hey, maybe that is his ceiling, but probably not going to set it there. Um but also, just to put this out there, I went off and did some research. In the past 10 years, uh, there's been pretty much an average of three All-NBA players uh, from a draft. And then there's also been at least one All-Star that hasn't made um, NBA uh, an All-NBA okay. team. So pretty much four All-Stars from each draft over the past 10 years has come out. So that's why uh, I, you know, I have some All-Stars. In the top five are all All-Stars in there. Um but you know, there, there's no one. There's not like a ton of all stars down below. So if you're yeah. like, oh, I do think Rui Hachimura can be an all star. Well, then just say hit for his you know projection. Yeah, that will still work because you think he's just gonna overachieve. Um, but anyways, I think it's gonna be fun. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's start off with Zion Williamson. Projection MVP. Is that gonna be a hit or miss, Dave? This is so fucking hard. In like, five that's, years. That's the first one to go down. Oh, you're, you're, you're capping at five years? No, no, I'm saying oh, okay. in five years when we look back at this, because we're not going to look back at this in 10 years. Five years when we look back at this, are you going to be like, Confident ooh, that Zion like sweating? is like close on it? Yeah. You know, I don't think he. I don't think he's going to be the MVP. I don't. I don't think he wins MVP. It's a. There's like such a game around it. The the drama, the controversy. You know, if every year the best player in the league won it, maybe maybe mm-hmm. there'd be a guarantee because Zion has that potential to be like the most crazy player in the league. Most but, exciting. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't know that he'll win MVP. Yeah, I I also put a miss there too, just because I don't know if he will be able to be a good enough passer to win it. And I don't think he's going to be that deadly of a scorer to win it. And that's the thing that we kind of see is being able to fill up the stat line completely. Yes. And I think that he can be a massively impactful player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I could see him being like a 25, 12, and 5 guy. 
Now, is that enough to win MVP? Fat Kevin Love didn't get love for that. No, but Giannis did. So it's kind of like, eh, but it, you know, also Giannis ended up being like 27, also one of the best defensive players. So 60 win team. Like, there's a lot that goes into that. Exactly. And if you know he wasn't on a 60 win team, James Harden would run away with it. Yeah. So that's the thing where you know, and Giannis was even being debated for being MVP too. I, yep. I think all three of us picked Harden. Yeah. So that's the thing where I'm, I'm going to also lean miss just because I don't know if he's going to be that LeBron or Katie like scorer or that LeBron like you know. Ball mover like LeBron is. I mean, it was just a point where he can carry a team to 60 wins. I mean, that's yeah. that seems to be, you know, if you're not in the top three or two of your division also, you, or conference, I should can, say. Can he carry the Pelicans to that? Because that's the one player that we know for sure that's the team he's going to. Yeah. I don't know if he can do that on, on the Pelicans. And, and maybe, you know, we'll see, you know, six years from now, like, or it's Anthony seven Davis years. is gone. Yes. And, well, you know, I'm whatever. saying, like, maybe in seven years, we'll see, like, you know, he, him leaving, yeah. demanding a trade like Anthony Davis. Don't put that on um, him already. No, but I'm, saying, I'm saying, like, that's the way that he would be away yeah. from New Orleans. Like, I, and for the next seven years, for sure, he's going to be in New Orleans. Can he bring New Orleans to that level and win MVP? I'm kind of iffy on it. All right. Uh, let's move now to the next one, John Morant, All-NBA. You clearly are very vocal about this I wrote one. the word hit three times for those who obviously don't have access to the sheet. Um, I All-NBA, there, there's enough spots in there mm-hmm. where he hits every bar on that stat line. He is an excellent rebounder for the point guard position, amazing uh, facilitator, and, and a good score, which I don't know. Um, I don't want to name drop here, but I was watching um, – uh, them t- or a group of people talk about him, and I think they clear- they termed it as a left-handed re- like he's a natural righty, but he shoots with his left hand or natural righting what ambidextrous. Yeah, he is ambidextrous. It feels like, but he's shooting wrong-handed. You know, Ben Simmons esque. Yeah, uh, it was the ringer. I oh. was trying not to name him, but I'm like, I clearly lost where I was trying to talk. So yeah, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. The ringer on their 2.0. Mm. Um, they dropped that line. I was like. His shot's not that bad. Like I don't know what you guys are talking about, but they they Kevin O'Connor they've got it clearly in their minds. They're like, hey, this is this is what it is. But I think that he has got the stat line. I think he's gonna have the work ethic. I think he's gonna continue to grow his game. And if he's gonna end up in Memphis, he's gonna have a great great career. I I think that he's gonna have a great career. I just don't know if he's gonna be. I, I put miss for this one. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to be all NBA level. And and you're right. There's 15 spots for him to so, him to possibly well, make it once. Technically six ish because it's two guards. That's true. That's yeah. true. You're, you're right. So there's there's yeah six spots because there's yep. two guards per team. Uh, so uh, definitely you're pretty much saying will he be a top six point guard? Yep. He's gonna have to deal with Trey Young. Yeah, who he's is going to have to deal with Luka Doncic. Yeah, because technically he's a one or two guard. He's going to have market. to deal with De'Aaron. He's going to have to deal with Devin Booker. Yeah. He's going to have to deal with possibly R.J. Barrett if R.J. Barrett no. ends up playing yeah. uh, you know a lot at the two. He's more like a three, so definitely might not be uh, you know a factor into that. But those yeah, are and that's guys. just in the last couple of years. Exactly. Yikes. So. That's going to be very difficult for him to get into the door, and I think the biggest thing that's going to keep him back from it is we look at the all-first team, James Harden, Steph Curry, both guys over 28 points yep. per game scorers uh, at their best. That's why I don't think he's going to reach that level. Then you got to look at the next one, Dame Lillard and Kyrie Irving, both prolific scorers. Yep. And then you look at the next one, Russell Westbrook, who's averaged a triple-double over the past three years. Yeah. 
and Kemba Walker, another prolific scorer. Yeah, I and don't, that's I don't the think Kemba deserved it this year, but that's just me. Who I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the Bradley Beal fucking fan Okay, train. but even then, prolific scorer. Yeah. Over 24 points per game. Yep. I don't know if he's at that level. And yeah, I think you're if, on the record on and if, and if we're comparing these guys, John Morant versus Trey Young, you know, at least for the guys that are, are probably the most similar out of the, you know, last year's draft and this year's draft, yeah. being John Morant and, and Trey Young due to their passing abilities. I mean, Trey Young's clearly a better passer. And he's, he's got also, unlimited fucking range. He's also a better scorer. Yep. So I think Trey Young would probably be in that first, you know, first NBA tier. But Trey Young only plays one side of the basketball. Like, but is I don't think Jazz gonna be a lockdown defender. Still, the fact that he's not like you know five eleven with no effort on defense is gonna count for something. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I I think it's gonna be a miss though. I think it's gonna be close. Yeah, I think he's fair. I think he's gonna be a top ten point guard, but yep. I don't know if he's gonna be top six. Okay, that's the thing. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna take a, take it out of there for, yeah, for it, me. Yeah, and plus, I mean, Memphis. It's another thing. Mike Conley. We talk about how he is the most yeah, disrespected. Always snubbed. Always snubbed. Uber talented, never gonna get the credit. All of those guys also made the playoffs too. Yeah, I think maybe did Kemba? No, Kemba didn't. Kemba did not. Kemba year. was the only one. Yeah, and, but Kemba also was like Jesus for the first two months. Um, yeah. So I think that's a big part too. I don't know if Memphis can make the playoffs. I hope they do though, because it'd be a fun team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move to the next one. This one kind of surprised me. R.J. Barrett, All NBA, hit or miss. Dave, what do you got? Yeah, I wanted to go miss here. The, all season I've been leaning into the guy, but I think I just hit that point in the year where it's like. I've watched so much tape of you. I've watched you play every game way too much at this point. And I think that if he ends up going to New York, um, there, there's there's a good chance that he ends up being, you know, a 20-plus point game score, you know, six rebounds, three assists, you know, somewhere in that range. And I'm like, that that's borderline, you know, borderline all-NBA. Or, I'm sorry, borderline all-NBA. Yeah, borderline all-NBA. Mm-hmm. So... I think that there's a chance he can get there. A lot of this is going to depend on, you know, the Anthony Davis shenanigans. But fit-wise, I think if he goes to that team in New York, the door is open for him. Opportunity is just like, dude, you can go light it up. So I think he can put down a ridiculous stat line early on in his career if they are unable to pull the trigger on Anthony Davis. Um, even if he's playing, you know, Robin to a Kevin Durant in New York, mm. I just he, he has got... He's got scoring talent in, in bunches, and if he continues to develop his game and becomes a little bit smart about his shot selection, the the, the ceiling doesn't exist. That's know? that's my same thinking too. So I, I have hit on that too. Also, Sean Marion apparently made a fucking All NBA team. So my faith's in RJ. Sean Marion was pretty good. He was a great two way player. Yeah, no doubt. But I think RJ can put up more points than than good old if Sean. That's the competition. The good old Matrix can. Uh, also. <laughs> Fucking what's his face was really close to making a uh the all NBA team, uh Donovan Mitchell, um, which was not deserved uh at all. That dude did not deserve to be near an all NBA team half, this year. If you could cut his season into uh, into thirds, his last third, he was fire. The first half of the year he did not have a shot, he was on well, he wasn't healthy. Here's I know the thing. it's not I know I'm, I'm moving the benchmark here, but here, here's the thing. This is what my comparison. Yeah. I think RJ can just be a better, bigger version of Donovan Mitchell. Oh, damn. Maybe just a little worse. Defensively? Defensively, yes. But I, I think offensively they can still be same level. I like it. So I like I'll it. This, this is unexpected hot take in this episode. Um, hey, dude's been my set number two on my big boards. For no, but I mean couple, like, oh, bit. You're, you're, no, the Donovan Mitchell thing, because I didn't even pull that out. I mean, dude, dude, the dude's fucking dude. talented. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's move to the next one. Darius Garland, all-star, hit or miss. I'm gonna go miss on this one. I just, I have so many questions about his size, about what he's gonna end up 
being whether his upper end, everybody wants to crown him as, you know, he could be the next Dame. Mm. But at the same time, we've seen so many, uh, you know, 6'3", six, 6'2", six, guys come into the league uh, who were great scorers in college, but not be able to translate that at an elite level at the NBA. So, yes, he could be, you know, an excellent two guard or, you know, maybe even point guard. But he doesn't have a complete tool set. We haven't seen enough out of him that gives me the feeling that, like, yeah, this guy's going to be an all-star. And that's that's in that's a fairly exclusive club as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to miss too, just for all the same reasons. And I, I think that if he goes to Los Angeles, it's going to be inherently diff- more difficult for him to make an All Star team. And you might be wondering, like, well, fans get 50 percent of the vote, he possibly can get in. But I think the more point I'm trying to make is you're going to be playing next to LeBron. You're going to get credit taken away from you from points that you are scoring. And then also, how much playing time will you be able to get, and will it be enough that you know, garners an all-star vote uh, within the next three years or next four years? And even then, you're going to be, well, what about him outside of that? Mm-hmm. Well, if he's not playing with an elite you know, ball mover like LeBron James, I don't know if he can create like you were saying a little bit yeah. earlier. So I, I think there's a lot stacked in front of him that I will say miss as well. Uh, Cam Reddish, all-star, hit or miss? Yeah, hard miss. I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's like we talked about this guy was one of the worst volume shooters in college basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he went to a blue blood school. He underperformed. He had his moments. You know, no one can take that away from him, but I can't put an all-star tag on a player who I haven't seen, you know, upper-end rotational player on yet. Yeah. Like but- right now he is, you know, borderline, you know, six-man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's probably going to start just due to the fact that he is a rookie and you want to give your rookie time to go out there, and I think that's the right move. But he has not shown me that he can be anywhere close to an all-star yet, so yeah. that's a tough sell. I'm going to miss, too, just because for exactly everything you said. Oh, come like, on. Give me, well, give me something. The, the thing, the, the reason why is just because you look at his body of work, and it's pathetic. Yeah. Like, it's just straight-up pathetic. We've talked about it on this podcast, or not this podcast, but the other podcast, um, the Fast Break podcast, so definitely go check that out. Um, any episode, because I'm always trashing camera. Um, his, it's not hard his to miss. potential. Yeah. is an all-star. Yep. But I think there's a big gap from his you know, ceiling to his floor. Right. Like we're talking about a big-ass house with Cam Reddish's yeah. potential. I mean, the kid's um, got great defensive talent, house. and he, he you know, has a fairly good-looking shot motion, Yeah, but the problem is it does not go in consistently. A decent enough amount. Like, it wasn't but at, horrible. But the problem is that's at a college level on True. a catch-and-shoot, mm-hmm. which usually people are multiple percentage points better on catch-and-shoot shots than creating their own. The big argument on the counter side is, yeah, but Cam could do it himself as a creator in high school, give him the chance to do it again in the NBA level, and we'll see what happens. So question marks there, but I've got too many question marks to call him a a projected all-star. I think Cam could be a guy that if he's going to be be an all-star, it's going to be after three okay years in the league, and then he's going to work his ass off his fourth year. And then people are going to be like, oh, shit. And then that fifth year, he's going to take like some massive leap. Breakout. Right yeah. near the end of his con- his, his rookie year contract. Paul George-esque, maybe. Flip it up. But yeah. I mean, that's been the, the top end that's comparison to him. Yeah, yeah it would be like Paul George. Uh, let's move to the next one. Kobe White, top 10 point guard. Uh, we're going in the order of our last NBA live mock draft. So not all of these are in order of a big board. Yep. Um, so that's why Cam- Kobe White is going to be top 10 point guard. And the next one, Jared Culver, is going to be an all-star uh, projection. Kobe White's be more taken because of fit being the, the Suns at six. Uh, he's a sixth guy we're talking about. So Kobe White, top 10 point guard, hit or miss? I've got it as a miss here. And this isn't for for, for several reasons. One, and I mentioned this just briefly before we started recording, a lot of 
a lot of the things I'm hearing are that he actually is mocking closer to a shooting guard or, you know, a combo guard, which we said we've been saying combo guard for a while now, but a lot of interesting conversation about, you know, whether he would fit better as an off guard, uh, not taking primary ball handling responsibilities, but, you know, he can still step up if needed. So that 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 asterisk the point guard role. But on top of that, he he has great speed, good ability to drive. My big question just comes down to, you know, he's he's shorter than we expected. He's got a negative wingspan, so defensively he's not going to be great, which is already a knock against you. But if you can score at an elite level, which, again, we sound good, but how yeah. good are you as a North Carolina player in the NBA? Which I hate to do that to people because, like, it's not your fault that former uh, North Carolina players for the last X years have not been able to produce at the NBA level. But, like, there is something about that system where you're able to produce in college and, you know, maybe Roy gets the best out of you sometimes. But when it comes to the NBA level, for one reason or another, you're not able to hit at that level. So I've got I've got a couple of concerns around him, not solely on his shoulders, but there's there's several enough around it. Red flag. Yeah. When we look at the top 10 point guards in the top 10 landscape now, and obviously it's going to be much different when he's well into his career. Yeah. But the thing that we see from these guys is the ability to be near a, you know, 18 to at least 22 point per game scorer, good on both ends of the floor, a la Drew Holiday, Mike Conley. Um, and this is just for the low bar. Like yeah. not not an elite scorer, just like, you know, you're 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 nine and ten best point guards. Yep. Being able to be good on both ends of the floor and being a good facilitator. And I think he has at least one of those skills. So maybe he will be a twenty two point per game scorer in, in the league. May maybe. But I don't think he's got that elite or even good, you know, defensive skills. Yeah. On either end, and I don't know if he can be that like great facilitator that you do want in a point guard. So that's why I'm also going to say miss here. Um, Jarrett Culver, All Star. I'll take this one. Unfortunately, it's the fucking We Agree podcast again. Uh, I have hit. You have hit. I yeah. think we're just going into the fact that we believe that his work ethic is so fucking good. He's made um, such huge strides early in his career. Like mm-hmm. going high school to college and college year one to college year two, being able to fill that gap left by Zaire Smith, being able to take over as a primary ball handler at times, taking over from Kerwin Roach, who, I mean, he was still there. It was just the the role responsibility was definitely split very much. So Kerwin Roach. Right? Texas. Well, oh, I'm confusing. I'm sorry. I'm confusing point guards at this point. You're good. Uh, I am fried but the thing with <laughs> the thing with culver is i i don't think he's going to be like a starting all-star i think he's going to be like you know one of the last guys on the fucking oh. team um i think he's going to make it but it's going to be like a, you know one off thing because i think he's going to be a, a very good two-way player yeah and i think it's going to be you know one of those years like the atlanta hawks where you know every single player in that starting lineup just oh. you know they're they're just <laughs> the going to dominate the basketball first. yeah i think it's i think he's going to be I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player. I just think that he's going to be very good and he's going to be noticed, you know, every now and then. Yeah. Um, that's what I think of Jared Culver. I, and, and, you know, people are saying, like, Butler-esque. I think mean, he's going to be worse than Butler, but Butler's made multiple all-star games, you know, all-star teams, and he's going to for, you know, a couple more years now. Um, I think Culver will be able to work and put himself in the conversation, but I think he'll he'll always be the bridesmaid and never the bride, yeah. except for, like, a couple years. Uh, Matt Mooney was the name. I don't know why I went to Kerwin Roach, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's right conference, Big 12. Yeah. Uh, let's move to the next one, Seiko Deboya. Ten-year starter. I think I'd compare this probably to, like, you know, you're looking at your Nick Batums. You know, like, these guys are good. These guys are consistent. These guys have been in the league for a while. They've been 
you know, on multiple starting yeah. uh, rotations. They've gotten big contracts, but, you know, maybe they're not, like, you know, all-star levels, like Batum might not be. Um, where would you put Seiko Dumboy on that? Hit or miss? Ten-year start. That's, I, I've got him as a miss here. I know you're incredibly high on him. I want to be high on him, but I just... It's so hard. And, like, even ten years, I started looking up, like, careers of Euro players. And, you know, you mentioned Batum. You... Ooh. Look up like Boris Diaw, guys like that in that mold. And for every for every Nick Batum and Boris Diaw, there's another guy taken maybe not as early in the draft as we're looking at for Seku, but there's a there's a high flake rate for Euro players. I can say that confidently. So I think that that's a, a, a big ask. You know, he could absolutely hit hit the floor running and come in and be you know a, a stud at the four and be in the league for ten years, but. I think that that line in the sand of like you know the upper echelon of starters you know for long term, it, uh, it's, it's it's a risky one. The reason I have spicy meatball man is I don't think he's an, an upper echelon player exactly, but I think that he's going to hit mainly because you're, you mentioned I think he's probably going to play the four. Yeah. Um, and I think his stroke is going to keep him in a starting role. I think that's the biggest thing that's okay. going to make sure he stays around for that long. And maybe he even you know, surpasses that role, but I think that he can definitely hit 10 years at the, at the lowest just because of his stroke, his size, and his ability to get to the bucket. Look, maybe it'll take him two years to get to a starting role, but if we're talking from him 20 to 30 starting 10 years, I could definitely see that happening. So okay. I have it as a hit. Let's move to the next one. DeAndre Hunter, 10-year starter. Do we even have to talk about it? That's The dude is, is the most tried and true 10-year starter. <laughs> if you're looking at a guy who is just like, you know, Robert Covington. Uh, but ready-made. Yeah, opposite of Robert Covington who didn't go through the G League. This is him. Yeah, it's just, he's got everything you want in an NBA player. He is, he is selfless. He is smart. He is old enough to not be, you know, a problem to your team, especially if you're trying to compete for something early on in his career, which where he's being taken, probably not a problem. But I just there, there's nothing to really hate on his game about. There's just also nothing that makes you go, that kid's got that next gear to hit that next level. So I think 10-year starter, he is just going to come and fit the role like mm-hmm. a glove and be a 3 and D wing. This one hates my breaks my heart, Dave. Goga Batazde, top 10 center projection. Miss. No. Miss. Centers suck. And that's that's the, I don't know what a center is going to be in ten years. That's the thing. It's going to be Goga fucking Batazde. So dude. top ten center, and I was trying to find the uh, the our rankings yeah. from last this past off season to see kind of who we had there, so we could toss out some names. I literally can't remember the name of that file though. Positional rankings. It's literally just called positional rankings. Really? I thought it was buried in a tab as something. Well, um, it's positional rankings, right? All right I'll, I'll take a stab. I'll, I'll look. You, you know, look. You, you talk. So Goga. You got you're a guy. You're you're higher on the Euros this year than me, which is kind of fun because last year I was so much into Luca that there was a problem. You got me in the hype, you know. Yeah, I had one. I had one Impossible Burger, and now I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I want all, all Impossible. Burgers. Like, who needs meat anymore? Right? Exactly. Uh, he's got an interesting game. He's playing against grown men. We've seen again the case for him is the 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 line of success is there. We've seen guys come over, take the same path as far as team and performance and what he can show us. And he's got all the tools. There's nothing in his toolkit that really scares me. He's got good size. He's got decent feet. And offensively, solid. Defensively, there, there's some room to grow definitely. But yeah. there's nothing that goes like this guy's got like terrible basketball IQ. He's not like committing the worst, most atrocious fouls out there. So 
I, I think he'll be a good center. It's just once you hit that 10 to 20 range of centers, you start asking questions, and Here, it's it's coin flip range. We'll, we'll read it off, all right? Um, also, the fact that Jokic is only third in this list it's is going to be atrocity. a little embarrassing. Um, but whatever. Uh, no, it's not embarrassing. It's Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Nicole Jokic, all which right. is it's just fucking wrong. Um, shout out to Jokic. I had him at two. Um, whatever, Embiid's better. Ricky had him at four. He oh, hates fuck, Jokic. You had him at f- six. I hate Jokic more. You fucking I, I was talking to Jake too much during the summer. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Davis was one. Joel Embiid was two. Jokic was three. Four was Demarcus Cousins. Five was Rudy. Six was Cat. Seven was Al Horford. Eight was Capella. Nine was old ass Marcus All. Ten's DeAndre Jordan. All right. So yeah. I, I think he could be pushing that at his at his best because then you look. Eleven's Drummond. Yeah. Twelve's Adams. 13's DeAndre Ayton coming straight out of college. <laughs> 14, Dwight Howard. 15, Cancer. And then 16, Nurkic, who's probably top 10 now. Yeah, And that's 100%. the thing is, I look at those two guys, Cantor and Nurkic. If Cantor could play defense, he'd be top 10. Oh, my God, yeah. And Nurkic is pretty much Cantor. Shit, the toughness play. through the playoffs, I'm tempted to just put him there. I yeah. mean, that series is insane. And Nurkic, too. It's just, he's oh, he's yeah. up there as well. Yeah. Um, so, Shit, even Adams now at this point jumps uh, DeAndre Jordan for me. Jumps Jordan, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the thing is where I think that he can be a good two way center for you. I think that he's not going to be a negative for you either way. And I think that he's going to be, you know, this is going to be such a thin position that he's going to be easily be a top 10 ta- center. You've already out of the names you mentioned, start thinking about what makes them special. And, you know, obviously Anthony Davis is fucking Anthony Davis, <laughs> but the offense and defensive skill sets, cat so gifted offensively. You talked about DeAndre. Yeah, but Ayton. we're not saying, no, no, no I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, when you think about it, even even when you mention um, DeAndre Ayton, yeah. like, it was, he's a physical monster, but his offensive game is what puts him there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wonder, like, is the is that offensive game? DeMarcus Cousins, completely offensive game. He's so well-rounded, can distribute, can pa- uh, score, can rebound. Like, it's these guys who can do it all. And you see the old guys, like DeAndre Jordan, who is the rim runner, Clint Capella, rim yeah. runner. Uh, even Andre Drummond, a guy who putting up what 18 rebounds a game mm-hmm. like old school center but like liability so we don't value it as much because when it comes down to crunch time those guys can get run off the floor so i wonder if because we're seeing a shift in play styles the value i mean value may not be there for for coaches for for guys like us who like to you know look at the game differently well, here's the thing is look at the, those guys and look at all the two-way guys yeah and the two best centers are both great two-way guys, and Anthony Agreed. Davis and, and Joel Embiid. Yeah. There's not any dominant two-way players down below. You know, there's Clint Capella, who's really good defensively and really fairly limited offensively. He Rudy can catch, Go- you know, baskets yeah. right here and do that. Rudy Gobert is the same way. Um, where I think Goga has yeah. more of a developed offensive game where he might not be great as great defensively, but I think he can be still effective defensively. You've so got him as basically a like a, a scuffed version of Jokic right now, right? Can I, is that a safe no, comp? Cause no, because Jokic is completely different. Okay. Jokic is an old fucking ball game. Okay, uh, I think he's more scuffed. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's better offensive, and then worse offensive. If you combine Stephen Adams yep. and Enos Cantor, you'd get Goga Batazda. Oh wow, that'd be an amazing center. Yeah. Well, but like worse, both okay. ways. Like, okay. Like if you, if like he's you, a worse version if of you Steven watered Adams. down Enos Cantor's offense and you <laughs> watered down Stephen Adams' defense, you'd get Gogo Batazde. and I think that's top ten center. That because you're giving you're getting a guy who can contribute on both ends. Depends how much watered down because then it starts screaming just another guy. That's that's my thought, and that's it depends on how much, and we'll see centers. We we see it every year. There's guys. 
we, you know, we joked mm. around about Bam being, you know, like, could he be better than Bam? Well, Bam's like a yeah. six nine center who is just athletic as all get out. Yeah, we're, we got through 10, so let's uh, get through the next tw- 20. Uh, so let's speed up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, here, one second, I'm going to fix the camera. Uh, I'll throw this one off first. Uh, Tyler Hero, though, uh, pretty much I just put JJ Reddick slash Kyle Porter, <laughs> hit or miss. Generic white guy, three point shooting comps. Um, miss. I, those guys, it's funny, but like those guys are like all time great shooters. Yeah. There's there's no doubt in my mind, Kyle Korver, incredible benchmark. He's one of the best shooters of all time. JJ Redick is a guy who has gotten better but every ar- year. In arguably, the that's the only reason they're still in the league. Oh, 100%. So, so that's the thing is, I, that's the only way I see Tyler Hero making it in the league. I, I think it's a miss. I but think I mean, those are two you know top ten shooters of all time, and that sort of was where I get to the point of like, I mean, Tyler Hero is a good shooter mm-hmm. uh, and everything lines up with him you know getting better that three point percentage is going to increase his spacing increases as he gets yeah. to come off ball more but I just that's a that's a high benchmark for me that's if you're have... saying the line is you know if he's going to be in the league purely because he can shoot the three then sure but no, no I'm it's... going elite shooter then no yeah, I have him as a miss too I don't think he's going to be an elite shooter like JJ or, or Sean, Kyle Korver you traded up for him because the Sixers. Here's the thing. Again, we're talking about we're talking about fit. I don't think Tyler Hero is going 11. I don't think the 76 are going to trade up from 24 to 11. But if they do, him being on that team with with those players Sorry. around him, yep. I think that's going to be a good fit. Uh, and that probably is the best place for him to end it up would becoming. Be a great fit, yeah. So uh, let's move to the next player, PJ Washington, long term starter. So maybe not 10 year starter like DeAndre Hunter and 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 yeah. Mboya's comps, but just a long term starter. You know, guy that can you know. Pop in every now and then, like a Jeff Green, pretty mm. much. So long term start for PJ Washington. Good, good idea. Uh, I think that, I think I'm gonna go miss on this one. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the reason why my, my guy's a hit because yeah. I literally compared him to Jeff Green. I, heard I compared you. PJ Washington to Jeff Green when we did comps with John. So straight up, I just said this guy's Jeff Green. In, the problem is Jeff Green is hilariously inconsistent. And like he has those games where he's like, man, he's like a mini LeBron out there. And then he has those other games where like, oh, it must be a Wednesday. But here's the thing. <laughs> is Jeff Green still in the league? He and is. Jeff Green just Jeff recently started. Paid. And he just recently started. So I'm sorry, I didn't go with your boy Marooks. He's like Marooks Morris. Marooks is decent though. <laughs> like Marooks is more like a 10-year starter. I know. Where, I'm, I'm where just, Jeff Green's like a long-term starter where, like, okay. yeah, at 33, Jeff Green can still start for the Washington Wizards, but he's only starting for the Washington Wizards. Fair enough. I I think P.J. Washington's going to have a, an interesting game. You know, his three-point improvement's been awesome. I just don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing for him, mm. especially, like, if he's, if he's small and going to play the three, if he's going to be playing the four out there. He's got the tools physically to yeah. do it, 100%. He's got great wingspan. Good size. It's just I'm I'm concerned about fit for him a lot. Let's move to the next one. Bobo, long term starter, hit or miss? Hit, miss. Uh, I mean, 100. percent This there's, kid's there's uber no, talented. He's uber talented, but the dude is 208 pounds. Yeah. Like if I added 30 more pounds, I'd be as fucking big as him. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I think I could push this guy around because I'm as I'm up to his like you know his hips, but he has no center of gravity. So I think you could just push him over. With my 175-pound ass. Like, come on. There's no way he's going John, to be able to stay healthy. Preview, preview of our next segment. Miss. You're not getting out, getting me off that hill. Nikki Alexander-Walker, Elite 2. You're not getting me off this hill. <laughs> he's literally... We're going to debate on whose hill is higher. <laughs> Nikki Alexander-Walker, Elite 2A player. I've got him as a miss here. He's, he's going to be very good. 
I think elite is a stretch offensively for him. I think defensively he's got the tool set, um, which is funny because a lot of people see it the other way around. But me personally, I think that defensively he's got the tool set. Offensively, um, I'm not sure what he's going to be able to put together if he's working off ball, if he's working on ball, what his primary role is going to be. He's going to dictate yeah. a lot of that. But elite, I mean, like Drew Holiday, we're talking elite two-way player. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, maybe I put this up too too high. Yeah, that's why I was um, uh, I, mean, like, I, I, I kind of screwed really up. Really good two-way player? My, yeah, my thing was more like... I, I think of him, like, what, what I was going to say is I, I think he's going to be a miss because if you look at the guy that I was thinking of was Marcus Smart. Oh, okay. If you look at Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart is an elite defender, but he's not that good offensively. And I think that he, you know, Nicky Alexander-Walker might be good offensively and might be good defensively, but he's not going to be elite like Marcus Smart is defensively. I think he's just going to be good. I don't think he's going to be a, a guy that really stands off and, and out of the page. I think... You know, he could have a very similar career um, to, you know, when you start a sentence and you're like, man, I'm going to have a really good comparison. And then you just, you just totally drop flies, it. Yeah. It flies out the window. Yep. Um, you know, you want to bail me out? No, no. I, I want to I pile on a little bit because you know what's funny about Marcus Smart? He's actually getting like a better Ricky, offensively. No, Ricky Rubio's. No, yeah, Rick, like a Ricky Rubio. Ricky yeah. Rubio's not that good offensively. He's a great passer, but he's he's, he's got a really good skill, yeah. uh, a really great skill offensively. He's a good defender, yep. but he's not elite. So mm-hmm. I, I would say like a Ricky Rubio, just a bigger Ricky Rubio. All right. And not as good as a passer. Fair That's enough. what I'm saying. I put him in at, a, at a bench guard, but he's not going to be elite. All right. I mean, that's that's solid then. I, I I would agree to those terms. That was the first name that came to my mind. I don't know. Like if a Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston elite? Fuck no. But, you know, he's good. Yeah. He's pretty good. So. Pretty good. Marcus Smart, though, actually got better. I mean, that three-point shot's coming along. 36% this year. I'm just he's saying. He's got two elite skills. He could, or two good skills. He could shoot the three and defend like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So Nasir Little, then. Oh, I thought you were gonna go no. more on Nasir. I literally I just want to move had... on. I am, I am done with NAW. What was that bad? No, I just think it's funny that like I want to leave on the note of you leaving as Ricky Rubio. Fuck. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, Nasir Little, long time start, long term starter. Uh, like it's PJ a, Washington or Bobo. It's really hard to see this right now. If you squint your eyes real hard, you can see an NBA league starter right there, long term. Mm-hmm. But if I put elite defender, would you put hit? No. What what would say hit for you? Because uh, I have him as a miss too. I think this average NBA career, which if you look up the average career, mm-hmm. only a couple years in the league. Mm. So average, not so hard to hit, uh, especially coming off that rookie contract. Somebody else will take a swing at you. Yeah. You're you got good size. You're just you know not you haven't shown us enough to make me say. Yeah, you're you're gonna be a uh, a long term starter here. Sorry, right. I've seen prospects like you. Next one, Kevin Porter Jr., offensive supernova. Hit Dude, or miss. you used the term. I, I couldn't. Did. I could not drop a hit on Kevin Porter Jr. being the offensive supernova. Terrence Ross is the official holder of the title right now, but I will allow it to be uh, bestowed upon Kevin Porter Jr. in this scenario because he could be insanely gifted offensively. I mean, again, my 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 default line. If you've never watched Kevin Porter Jr. play before. If you look at his highlights, he could be James Harden-esque. If yeah. you watch the whole game, you're like, where'd that guy go? Because like he was he was doing amazing things, and then he just disappeared after five minutes. And I don't understand why. And it's USC and their love of Benny Boatwright, and I don't understand it offensively, what the fuck they were doing. Point being, he could be really gifted offensively. He's got amazing, mm-hmm. he's, he's got good handles, 
step back move. He's got a great offensive IQ, so I'm going to go with hit. I'm going miss just because I don't think he can be on the floor. I, I am yes. very I'm concerned that he's not going to be that great defensively. I don't think he's going to be consistent enough to get minutes. I think that's going to be the killer for him. Does is he he's extremely got the body, talented? He's got the, the he's size, got everything the length, that you, you want know. except a good looking shot and yeah, consistency. That and that's not. the thing that kills NBA careers. He looks like an NBA player, but he doesn't play like one. And that's a fucking problem for an NBA player. Like, plain and simple. Minor just be- things. Just because Minor Chris Dunn things. looks like an NBA point guard doesn't mean he is an NBA point guard. But he was so good at Providence year over year over year. Because he was like 90 playing against, you know, he was like Uncle Drew out there. So the, was Malcolm Brogdon. And Malcolm Brogdon's a really good basketball player. I guess. All right, next one. Brandon Clark, defensive monster, hit or miss. I'm going hit. Like the the kid has a knack. It, it is it is born. It is him. There's nothing like I, I know he I tries he, really hard. Here's the thing is I think it's a hit too. But it's like natural. It looks natural. At is times. he is he more like Mitchell Robinson defensive monster or like Roco defensive monster or like Marcus Smart? Like which yeah. vein is he? Is, I feel, he? is he like elite of his position like Marcus Smart? Is he just blocking the shit out of everything like uh you know mitchell robinson or is he just a well-rounded defender like roco i feel and like maybe some people a la jake are going to be upset that i'm not putting roco in the fucking marcus smart category but roco plays great team defense you know individual mm-hmm. one-on-one I, I give the tip of the hat to marcus smart and i think that's closer to what brandon clark will be i think one-on-one defender he has people he puts he puts the clamps on people mm-hmm. like it is awesome to watch um, he also can help out. His help defense is pretty quality too. So yeah, that's why I, I think just, he's Rocco, or more like Rocco. He has it, but just I just because one I think one on one, he is in a different league, man. That's that's my thing. But the question is, mm-hmm. is one on one, who's he guarding in the NBA? I don't know. Players at Rocco, as John but would like say, he's six, you eight. are who you defend. I think he's defending threes. Okay. Um, let's move to the next one. Uh, Rui Hachimura. Uh, I put Diet Giannis <laughs> for Ricky. I can't. Sorry, Rui Hachimura. You got to really sell it. I don't want to do it. It's a stupid He's a leprechaun. You got a ha-cha-cha-cha. It's a stupid fucking bit. Diet Giannis, hit or miss. I'm going miss. I like his game, but comparing him to someone who's literally so unique in Giannis skill set no i can't do it well here's the thing 240 calories in a in a 12 ounce diet uh, in a in 12 ounce pe- pepsi you know how many it is in uh in a, in a diet pepsi how many zero so mm. he could be a diet Giannis just being horrible <laughs> next one casey akpala you're really selling me on this casey akpala diet Giannis too hit or miss <laughs> also miss i put hit because <laughs> i think that he's gonna be diet in the fact that he can't shoot um, and I think he's going to be similar to Giannis in that fashion. It's funny because gonna be he has a, a broken shot, but he actually made a decent percentage of them. Yeah, Low volume, but, but also and yeah. also catch and shoot. Yep. Um, I think too. You know, he's going to be like Diet Giannis in the fact that long, lanky boy can play defense, can dish the ball out. I don't think he's going to be like a twenty-seven point scorer. I think he can average like ten points a game. I think he's more like Evan Turner, and Evan Turner is definitely not like Diet Giannis, but he's bigger than Evan Turner. I mean, what's the difference then between Rui and KZ? Is it just the age at that point? Because, like, size-wise, they're similar. I know Rui's better got a handle. little more size on him, but... KZ Akpala's got a better handle. Mm-hmm. I think that I can see him more as a facilitator, and I think that he's more confident with the basketball, where Rui Hachimura still seems like he's a deer in headlights. Okay. I, 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 the I, facilitator I've got questions about. That's that's my big thing, because everybody says he should be, but he is not, and he was not a great facilitator in college. For the majority of those no, games. So. I'm not saying like, you know, I mean, Giannis was only dropping like, what, five assists? Got only five. Yeah. So that's the thing is, I think that, you know, if KZ can come in and, you know, do what Diet Giannis would do and get like 10, 7, and 3, 
That, that's a hit. That's what I think. That's a hit in my mind. When All I right. think Giannis too. I'll, I'll allow it, man. Like a bench Giannis. Jackson Hayes, top ten center, hit or miss. I'm gonna say hit on this one. Surprisingly, this is weird for me because I, we talked about this earlier and like, mm-hmm. what's the center gonna be? And you know, I mentioned phasing out, you know, old school centers, but yeah. like, I, I still think that Jackson Hayes defensively is scary as all get out. And if he figures out the other half of that ball, so young, there, well, there, there's uber potential. There's definitely the the mold for him to do it. I mean, we talked, we just talked about the top ten centers, rim running centers who play defense are all in there, and that's yep. what Jackson Hayes could develop into. I put miss just because I'm iffy on it. I don't know if he's going to develop into his body, and I don't know if he's going to maintain that that defensive ability. I think that maybe you know he had a really good season, but also didn't play that many minutes, and you know the fact yeah. that he was blocking that many shots and wasn't in foul trouble that much. Like I think that that might change a little bit. Um, I, I'm, I'm iffy on his, his okay. true defensive potential. And another thing, too, is I think he's pretty pretty small. And if we're comparing Texas centers like you know Jared Allen, Jared Allen plays very big mm-hmm. um, and has been able to carry over that defense. I don't know if Jackson Hayes has that yet. I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about his size. Uh, let's move to the next one. Grant Williams. I don't know why Ricky picked him here. Elite role player. Hit or miss. He literally picked him because he saw I had like my own uh, big boards for yeah. each team. Well, then why do you have him so high? Because I think he, he, he could be. He's a good fit in Utah. I, I actually have him on the Celtics, but oh, okay. uh, as a replacement power forward uh, on the bench because uh, he can pass out a low post and he's smart and he is older and it's a direct fit. But in my mind, I think that at the end of the day, elite role player, no, I think a pretty good to, you know, he, he's he's going to be a seventh man. Is that okay? Like, you know, you said Sean Livingston and I think Sean Livingston is more of a six man. I think the diff, the drop between six to seven or seven to eight, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. Like, yeah, he's gonna he's not gonna be the first guy off the bench, but he's a solid player. And I don't know that he's just his shot needs so much help. Uh, if he can if he can get his shot down from distance, money yeah. absolutely earns his way in. Um, and he's been getting better, but he lives at the stripe. He's undersized. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get those opportunities at the NBA level. And he won't be able to pull the same shit he's pulling on, you know, eighteen year old kids as well. Yeah, I'm I'm too worried about his size to 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 put him as a hit. I, yeah. I don't think he's gonna be able to do what he was able to do it in Tennessee. And I think the fact that he was so smart really helped him against and surrounded by really great talent. Yeah, too. I think that's the thing is being on being in against NBA NBA sized guys who know their craft so well and you're going to be on a worse team. You're not going to have that same camaraderie, and you're not going to be a, one of the leaders out there. Maybe he could develop into one of the leaders. I, yeah. I, I, I won't put that past him, but I, I'm going to say miss because I think there's too much stacked against him to be to be that. Um, maybe he could be a bench guy for a couple of years, but I don't think he's going to last too long. Uh, Naz Reed, elite bench scorer, hit or miss? Miss. What is his p- projection? Because clearly I have hit for him. This guy's going to put up 15 points per game off the bench. So you've got him as like Enos Cantor-esque, but with a distance? I have him as... Third, three times six man of the year. Oh shit! I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> not. I have him as four time uh, six man of the year. Yeah, but just four. Okay. I think he's going to be a stud. I think you put him out there for 20 minutes, you give him the ball on you know 10 possessions, and he puts up a oh, ton of points. That's a it's, lot. It is. That's that's a big commitment, Sean. Well, then when I thought of 15, uh, 15 points. I was like, that's a lot of fucking shots. And yeah. He's not going to make all of them. So. No, nope, he's not. Uh, no, I think that still a hit. <laughs> I think he's a bench player. I think he can score some points. I think he can stretch things out. Um, I don't. I don't. No. No. Not elite bench score. He's not. He's not in the Lou Will category. 
Sorry. All right. Lucas Samanich, elite role player. Samanich, sorry. Elite role player. Hit or miss? Uh, I'm going hit. The dude, he's got, I hate it. He's got the basics. He's a good slasher. Um, finishes all right at the rim. Uh, the outside shot needs some work, but at the same time, I'm not terrified of it. He played yeah, really well in say. five it's of like five. The, 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 the amount that I saw from his outside shot, I yep. liked. Yeah. Like like for a guy that can build it. Yep. Like I I'm not too like like what you said. I'm not scared of it, which means I like it. And he's got good size and he's pretty athletic, so at the all of those things combined, yeah, you can be an elite role player. Mm-hmm. Or elite rotation player. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he could be eighth guy, you know, off the or, you know, third guy yeah, off I the Yeah, I mean bench. like we watched I mean uh Rodions came over mm-hmm. and like instantly you know, he didn't hit the ground running, but it was like, dude, you give him mints, you saw results. Give him more mints, you saw better results. I was like, oh, shit, we might be on something here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that Luca might be in a similar category. Talon Horton Tucker, defensive star. A la Marcus Smart. Hit or miss. I, I'm, I'm hit on him. And I, I see you are hit on him as well, Sean. Are you coming around on Talon? I mean, THT? Give me some of that. I mean, here's the thing. The dude has a 7-2 and a 5th wingspan. Or it's a dumb. half wingspan at six four, six two, something like that. Yeah, like, and he's pretty athletic. Yeah, and I think that he's gonna bring yeah. down some of that weight when he when he gets into speed. proper conditioning. Yep, I think it's all there. He's got PJ Tucker so. upside, man. Who doesn't love PJ Tucker? Well, and I think the biggest thing is if he keeps off that weight, he can be an elite defensive player. Oh yeah, where PJ Tucker is a very good defensive player because he can guard one through five. Yeah, but I don't think he's elite. Where I think talent, if he can you know become you know mold that NBA body. He can definitely be a defensive star. Yeah. Uh, Chuma Okeke, elite role player, hit or miss? I'm weirdly, I, I was in love with him, you know, just at the peak of the tourney. Yeah. And then he got injured, and I'm still in love with him now. I'm not uber concerned about the injury itself. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on him. He's catch and shoot, threes. He, he's, he can be three or four. I'm good with him. Torn ACL, yikes, miss. <laughs> uh, that's, just, that's just hedging my bet. Fair like, enough. Like, if he hits, congrats. No, I mean, I, yeah, I just, that's fine. Yikes for me. Red flag. Uh, Kelton Johnson, elite role player. Hit or miss? I'm going miss. He's got all the tools to be one. See, that's the thing is, he's got all the tools. It's an easy hit. He can play defense. He puts it. He puts in a lot of effort, he both really defensively does. and offensively. I think if he puts that effort into a work ethic and, you know, builds up his skills and just becomes more of an elite shooter from the outside yeah. and just, you know, is able to be a 3 and D player, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, he's a hit for an elite role player. Uh, I just don't see it. I don't know. There's something. I've fallen out of love with him. He was as high as, what, like 12 for us at times. I mean, 10. 10. Shit. Lakers. Yeah. I don't know. I've just, I've fallen out of love with this game. I, I have fears. I think that, I don't think he's going to be in the league for, you know, 10 years. I've it just, there's a lot of concerns. Mm-hmm. Dylan Windler, elite long-term shooter. Miss. Miss. He's not a first-round prospect. He's Ricky not... made this pick, right? He did. Yeah, miss. Who else? Love, love you, Ricky. It's just. I, I understand why. He, he was a very good college player, but I think that's what he is, is a very good college player. Yeah. I mean, coming out of Belmont, it's not that great of, you know, it's not a powerhouse or anything yep. like that. It's it's nothing that really eye-popping to me. Daniel Gafford, long-term starter. Miss. Why? Because I think it's a hit. You think I think it? if we're talking center position, long-term starter, like 10 years, I could totally see him being like, you know, just you know, like twentieth best, you know, center in the league. Just yeah, but like four stars grabbing boards, catching, like four stars come in the league every year, and at the at the rate that they roll through them and their longevity of careers, like I just don't long term anything for a center is hard to say. I think he's better. At, I think he's like a quicker at Davis. Ed Davis has been in the league for fucking forever. He has been. He's such a good rebounder, though. 
Bruno's a better rebounder than Daniel Gafford is. Yeah, but I think that Gafford's more athletic. I think he's and I think he's a better offensive player. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I'm just I'm not feeling long term starter. Last one. Cam Johnson, elite rotation player. I'm surprised by your your pick here. Yeah, fuck it. Like the dude can shoot threes and he is a wing. How do you not get elite rotation player? The volume he shot at at I'm just saying, when you can shoot that many threes from that high of volume, everything checks the boxes. You've been consistent, you've been one of the better players in college. I don't know. I'm in on it. I think he's got talent, and I think that, yes, everybody's got him mocked so late in the draft or, you know, late first mm-hmm. or the second. That's because he already is who he is. You know, it, it is the curse of being an older player in college. So Sorry. you're saying he's in competition for the Malcolm Brogdon Award? I'm saying he could be, yeah. All right. I, I, I'm saying this just because although he could be a good three-point shooter, I don't think he's going to get enough minutes because I think he probably can get played off the floor defensively. So Oof. we'll see. All right. Um, but let us know your hits and misses for all 30 of the players that we talked about. Again, this is based off of our live mock draft that we did on Twitch.tv. It is on our YouTube channel, so definitely go check that out. If you haven't already, search the Fast Break Mock Draft with Trades and check that out. Dave, Ricky, and I did that. But let's move into the final topic, and that is hills we are willing to die on. And it's more uh, hills Sean are willing to die on because uh, Dave was like, "Yeah, your takes are good enough, and I could be controlled." Fire! But can we can we at least give the account to we did forget Romeo Langford? There was a there was a copy pasting error. Yeah, no, it wasn't copy pasting. I was just I was working off my phone because I came straight from work, was not able to get my laptop. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had all of them on it, and then literally finished the segment. And I was like, "Did I put Romeo Langford on there?" And we did not. Uh, so Romeo Langford, long term starter, I'll say hit. I think he's going to hit as well. Right, he's, we go. he's got a good skill set, good so, shooter. So if you missed it, now you got a, you know, you got a Boom, bonus one. Bonus. Uh, but here's the hills that I'm I'm willing to die on, all right? I, I thought of this. Jake and I were having a discussion, and I was like, that's a great fucking topic. We're going to do it. I'm going to take it. Um, and here's the hills that I'm willing to die on. One, one, start, start with one. I want to jump into it one at a time. All right. I want you to give the whole list. I want to digest one by one. Let's Let's start off hot. All right. Because I know we disagree on this one. Yep. And I know that there's going to be a, a battle. And I know other people out there disagree with me. Bull Bull is too weak to play in the NBA and will be out of the league in five years. It's so wrong. You're so incredibly wrong. There is too weak? Are you kidding me? Like, the current NBA is getting softer and softer. At we're your catering heavi- around At your these. heaviest, how, how big were you? Uh, 219? 220? Which is bigger than Bull Bull now. 12 pounds bigger than Bull Bull. I was, I was a bit of a tubzer. 12 a pounds bigger than Bull Bull. Yeah. You're I mean, probably faster than Bull Bull. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So, I don't know. To my own horn. But and yeah, I don't, maybe I don't you're know. not 7'2". Yeah, that's or that, seven, like a minor three, difference. Like, he like is. one step for him is like three for me. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing that it boils <laughs> down to is when you're going up against guys who are that yeah. big, that are seven feet tall and not 208 pounds, are like 250 pounds yeah. and are going to kill you because that's their job a la joel Embiid, you will get your head ripped off your damn body and this kid's Uh. so damn weak so damn thin that he's going to get shred to pieces by real nba players just go look at joel Embiid when he got drafted that man doesn't exist anymore because he put on mass yeah and also go look at minute's dad how much you you mean mean minute yeah go look at bobo's dad (laughs) how much do you look like your dad dave uh, like 50% probably? Yeah, I look pretty close to my dad. We got the <laughs> same fucking beer gut, and I don't even drink beer. <laughs> my grandpa has the same beer gut as me, mm. and I don't even drink beer. So here's the thing. Is genetics 
fucking matter, people. Just because Shaq gave him the sign of approval that this kid's going to be good doesn't mean Shaq's the fucking doctor of genetics. All right? Bull Bull's dad was fucking force-fed and, you know, forced to bench press a ton of weight to build up any resemblance of muscle. Yeah. And he was not able to do so. And you look at Bull Bull, and it's not all muscle. It's he was, not. He was he was coming in a little chunky. The body fat percentages. So he hasn't had the ability to work out. He had an injury. I'm not buying it. He doesn't look any different than he did in college. Oh my god, he definitely he definitely does. No, I I think I think you're seeing what you want to see, Sean, because this kid has such a great skill set. Offensively, we've never seen a seven footer with the touch that he has. He is pulling it from the outside and catapulting that shit in it, it, at an incredible rate at that. Uh, just a reminder, sh- shooting 54%, I think 52% in college. Uh, I know limited stretch, so those numbers are skewed. And over the season, I think it would have probably balanced out to somewhere around 43%. Mm-hmm. Even slash 10% off that. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible for his size. He's got such a great touch. I, I don't have the same concerns with you because I don't know that he, how often he's going to be in that position because those big fat centers get run off the floor. Because when it comes time for the playoffs... What, we, we think that this kid's going to have an endless tank? This I, kid's going to have an endless tank that he can just run up and down the he's floor. He's got pretty good speed for a seven-footer. I'm saying an, a tank. I don't think this kid's going to be extremely fit to be playing a ton of minutes out on the floor. We talked about this kid possibly being a guy that only plays 20 minutes right away as a, a guy who gets spelled You a ton. said that. Uh, Do you think he's going to be able to play 30 I think minutes he, a game? I think he could play over 20 minutes a game. I don't, I don't know, between 20 and 30. But again, I, I think that we're going to a more uh, player-centered NBA where guys aren't going to play 82 games anymore. I think players aren't going to be expected to play as many minutes anymore. Like We've already seen the minutes drop. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing the start of player you know, uh, health DNPs. I think the game is getting catered more around these guys making sure they're in peak condition when they are playing and not wearing out their bodies for the 82 regular season games. So if we get 60-plus games out of him during the regular season mm-hmm. and 25 minutes a game out of him, I, I, am, I am all in on that, Here's 100%. The thing. Here's the thing. His body could not handle 29.7 minutes in nine games against college competition. I don't see God, the it was way a that— freak injury. Like It's not even like a— Okay, but you know what's not freak? When you're actually playing real basketball against NBA players 60 times in a year. <sighs> Sean. Freak things will happen in the NBA. Freak they things do. already happen. They but do. physicality also happens in the NBA. And that's going to bang up his body. It's going to bruise up his body. And he's going to be out of the league. He's been he's talented. able to be healthy up to this point in his career as a seven. Like, he's been a. a Going up against high schoolers, Dave. The he's point been the being, biggest kid he's known since fucking fourth grade. But it's, it's not like big guys are immune to injuries just because they're playing smaller guys. Look at every big's career in the NBA. And not every, but like look at a lot of them. They have had injuries over time, starting off since they were kids. Harry Giles, someone who is the big injury fucking red mark mm-hmm. flag guy forever. But like, if you go back, Greg Oden injuries before college, he had the I, wrong size legs. No, but uh, yeah, that did not that's help him just, at all. That's genetics again. <laughs> I'm just and that's saying. what I think is playing into Bull Bull is genetics. I think the kid's got bad genetics. He's got great talent. He's got bad genetics. Usually bigs get hurt before college. Col- you know, one injury in college, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. I'm not uber concerned about that. If it was a history of injuries, sure. I, I've got my red flags. I would stay away. But this class, this class especially, uh, why not? We just went through the hit and misses, and you know, we tried to slap some reality back down to life because as much as we want to be excited for this class, this is not the class of a year ago. 
This is not the uber studs coming out and dropping Trey Young's stupid numbers, Luke's stupid numbers. Like, there's that talent, you know, there might be three guys in this class who are in the same category as that. So that's why I'm like, when you're looking at where these guys could be, Bull Bull 100% deserves the respect. I just feel that the kid's extremely talented, without a doubt. If you're going to put I'm not going to dis- Darius not- Garland that high. Darius Garland plays guard. He's not going to be playing that much physical of, he plays, of games as Bull Bull will be playing. If that's the thing him, that it comes down to. He drives in the paint. He's going to get bodied. Bull Bull backing people down. It's it's different levels of contact, different speeds of contact. Bull Bull is going to be going up against guys who are much bigger and much, much not, stronger. Not, not taller, but bigger. Yep. Bigger, stronger, <laughs> and stronger by a lot. We don't know that. Every NBA center <laughs> is stronger than him. That is just a fact. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No. You can't. How, how is it a fact? This is, We've not a, seen them work is, out. We've not seen them bench press. Okay. Maybe Bull Bull has this weird strength that he can lift a fucking truck. But what? I feel like this is just putting a kid who's not vaccinated in Clark County. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what you're just asking for? That kid to get the fucking measles. I just you're so you're so wrong. You're so very wrong. And I can't wait until Bobo plays. And you're just like, now I just have to wait till he gets injured to be right. Because at, at the first sign of like, oh, he's got a cough. Well, I was right. Bobo is hurt. Bobo is out. I'm not going to do that. I I th- I've said every fucking time that we talk about Bobo, he is extremely talented. Yep. So if he goes out there in his first ten games and puts up, you know. 20 points yeah. and averages 20 points. I'm not going to be shocked. Just just going to wait. I'll wait five years. I'll be right. Oh, my God. I'm not going to say at the first injury he has, I'm not going to be like, oh, see, I, I just, told you. I look at this I'm class. Just, we're, and we're, we're, we're looking five years, and he's not going to be that much bigger. He's not going to be that much stronger, and he's not going to be healthy. And there, he's not going to see. You're, 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 you're going to look at those games. You're going to look at that basketball reference page, and you're going to look at the Gs, and it's going to be like, oh, wow, he played 60. Oh, wow, he played 50. Oh, he played 40. Oh, boy, he played 18. Oh, boy, he played 28. Oh, boy, it's a, he's out of the league. I don't. Oh, jeez. There are guys in this class with way bigger injury concerns. Number like, one like being Zion Williamson. Zion's never gotten hurt. The yeah. biggest problem that he has is landing. If he learns how to land, I don't have those injury concerns. I have concerns about Bo Bo because his body ain't Chicago. Derrick Rose never learned to land. Okay, I'm just, and it took, I, I and it took him what, five years? Exploding knees. It took him five years? To what? To get injured? Yeah. Derrick Rose? Uh, about five years, officially, right? Officially, yeah. What was it? When did he get I injured? I honestly can't remember. The, he got drafted in 2008. Date. So what? He got injured around 2012? Yeah. So. A couple years in. I'm just saying. There, there, there are guys who are a more injury concern to me. I disagree. Once, once you have that big injury yep. for a big man, which is inevitably a big injury. Ine- like if it was, his I'm spine, saying, wh- if it was his what, foot, once, once a big injury comes, it's all downhill from there. Yep. And I think that it's going to happen much sooner in his NBA career. Let me finish. Not everything's bad. It's a one fucking foot injury. I'm not saying this is the reason. I'm not saying his one foot injury in Oregon is the reason he's busting. I'm saying because he's 208 fucking pounds and doesn't have the genetic makeup to add weight. So had he played a whole season at Oregon without getting hurt, I would still hurt, have these concerns. You would still be this. Seeing 208 is the biggest concern to me. Not seeing if the he was nine 220 games. Because he was, you know, 220 or 225 because that was his supposed playing weight. 235 pounds was what he was listed at Oregon. If, he, no if, he, if he came in around 220 to 230, yep. would have been fine. Really? I mean, that's... Oh, that's that just gets me so... 208 pounds. He couldn't seven work two. out. When you... He hurt his foot. You yeah. can still lift weights when you hurt your foot. Lay down on a bench press. 
It's not that hard. You're in a boot. Like, yeah, you can't do cardio, but you can still eat. The kid could have gotten fat and I would have been happy. (laughs) He can't get fat. He can't add weight. He is a small guy. He's 7'3". It's weird saying that, but he's smaller than you at your heaviest weight, Dave. Yeah. Thank God I'm not that weight anymore, by the way. He's he's fucking smaller than Ricky Widmer. <laughs> yes, he is. So are a lot of people. Let's go to the next <laughs> hill. Cam Reddish College production matters. I think you're in agreement with this one. Don't be too much of a contrarian. It I, matters. I'm like the fact that people are like, oh, look at the fucking gym tape he has. Look at this gym tape. The best look, thing, at, look at him dunk. Look at him drive in the lane and nobody. Yeah. It doesn't but, matter. Kid couldn't do anything at Duke. He could do some things at Duke. I do agree, though. I mean, had he just completely skipped college, this kid probably would have been, you know, way hot. The the stupid thing is, is we're talking about him still going top five. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're talking about one of the worst volume shooting percentages in college. So it it doesn't even make sense to me. Like, yeah. can you hurt his draft stock? He's invincible. He's fucking invincible. He's untouchable. Yeah. It's, it's Three Stooges Syndrome from Simpsons. He's so bad. What? Like, all the bad can't fit through the doorway. And so you're just like, well, he's got a great body. He's a great athlete. Like, and, and he plays good defense. His shooting stroke doesn't look terrible. It just doesn't go in often enough. Maybe maybe there's something that we can make him better for. And here's the big, the biggest thing that it, it's just like you can be talked into a fit. Yeah, I was ta- I'm was i talking so, so much to Cleveland. And if he goes to Cleveland, oh, my God, am I going to be on the fucking camera to be like, oh, absolutely. This, is the, this is the this is the place. This is how he turns it it's around. It's going to be a steal. But if he goes anywhere else, I'm going to be like, this kid's going to blow chunks. <laughs> I'm concerned about it. And if he does not produce, I'm just going to be like, see, every and now every bad college player is going to be bad in the NBA. And then I'm not gonna be. I'm, not, I'm just immediately gonna write off every single player. And it's gonna be the Cam Reddish I mean, rule. The, if 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 it's we're gonna make yeah. it law. Yep. On the podcast that if Cam Reddish is a bad pro, we will make the Cam Reddish rule. And if you're a bad pro shooting way under the what you should be, yeah, you are going to be a bad or if, a bad college bad player. college player. You're just gonna be a bad pro. It's plain and simple. It's hard to argue because in recent history there hasn't been anyone who has comparable stats. Who's been able to flip it around as much and succeed at a high level like a top five talent would be expected to do? Hmm. I think the lack of precedence really hurts the case here. But we all saw what he did in high school. We all saw what he did in those shining moments at tourneys. And then again, at college, he has talent. You just want to shake him. It's like, come on, man. It's in there. It's not like Andrew. It's not Andrew Wiggins level of like, Mm -hmm. where's your effort gone? Yeah, because you've. You know, Andrew Wiggins is so athletically gifted, and everybody's thing is like, man, that guy doesn't seem to work for shit. I think it's just, I think it's more like Ben Macklemore, where it's like, we've heard that. You just, you see the body, you see the potential. shot. Everything should have been there. It's just, guess what? Plain and simple, he wasn't good at basketball. Yeah. He just didn't have it. Yep. And to be a great NBA basketball player, you need to have it. Yep. You know what? Some people don't have it. (laughs) You know, Michael Jordan once got cut from his sophomore high school team, but he had it and made it. And now he's the maybe that's how he got time. it. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone needs to cut. Maybe Cam someone Reddish. needs to disrespect Cam Rush. What if Cam fell in the draft to like twelve or some shit? Ooh. That'd be wild, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. And then, then you get the redemption Ooh. arc of like the Ooh. revenge story. Dave, I love it. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Guess what? Guess guess who I just name dropped too? All right. Guess who I just name dropped? Who? Michael Jordan. Yeah. Guess who's picking twelve? Who? Michael Jordan's fucking team. Oh my god. 
Didn't even know that. Ghost. Blowing my mind. All right, let's move to the next one. <laughs> People are like, Jesus Christ, these kids Please are fucking default. dorks. We've no been, basketball, so good. We've been at work for 12 hours, sorry. Uh, <laughs> next one, Nazridge is the fucking goat. We already had this uh, debate. A smidge of a debate. Pretty much what I'm saying is... The fact that people are saying that this kid's a second-round talent, those people do not know what talent is. Yes, his motor isn't great. He's not going to be a great two-way player. He's not going to be a, a, a dynamic player on the defensive end, and he might take plays off. But when he's taking plays on on the offensive end, oh, it's buttery. Oh, my God. And he's talking about he want, he's, he's modeled his game after Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. And I'm like, yes, you have. You're a beautiful, beautiful seven-foot fat boy if you, center. If you squint your eyes hard enough, can you see ooh, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis? he's a boy, you know? That's what I look with. Him. I say, ooh, he's a porty boy. Talking about people a... showing up uh, in the wrong shape to the combine. Like, what about him? And But here's the thing. Here's the thing is he's he's too big. You can always what's, – what's they always say? I'd rather, I'd, rather uh, I'd rather be too hot because I could always take stuff off, Dave. You know, right? Nazri Somehow just that gotta works. take some stuff off. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The, the lack of work ethic fucking kills me. Like, how, how do you get guys with no motor? Hey. Guys with the motor go in the draft. You know Make, why? Because they're hey. going to put in the work. Guys without a motor, very hard to make the convincing case. That, yeah, he's just a lazy player, but you want to take this guy. Convince the GM of that. Okay. And you know what you do for people who, uh, who you love? You make excuses, Dave. I'm going to make a big <laughs> excuse here from Nazri. This is huge conspiracy shit. Yep. There's some rumors that Nazri took uh, took a little bit of money from the bag man, if you know what I'm saying, at LSU. Oh, oh a little Will Wade uh, giving a little money to his players. Oh, it doesn't sound too familiar. Oh, wait, he's under investigation for that. Oh, no, do they know? So here's the thing. Maybe Nazri got a cool 300K. Maybe we wanted to keep it under the radar. So maybe it didn't work too Have hard to at LSU. under the radar by not trying. Maybe not, you know, don't draw us too much attention to him. But guess what, Nazri? I got the nose of a fucking dog, and I smell talent. And this kid, right through. he's got that talent, and this kid is a first-round talent. And if you're not taking him in the first round, you're a dumbass. And if you get him in the second round, you're a smartass. You guys got a smartass. That's, that's, that's what it breaks down to. This portly boy is a first-round talent, and he's going to make a team very happy as their backup center. If he goes to the Sixers, if he goes to the Sixers, my God. That's going to be a, a bad fit because they need a defensive center. But Yeah, fuck. I was going to say, like, it's just, no, no. If he no. goes to any team in the second round, fuck. Uh, fans out there, what are the Sacramento. odds that Naz Reed gets less than 20 minutes of playing time a game for his entire career average? Oh, whoa. Hey, that's slanderous. <laughs> that is slanderous. He's at least getting 25 for a career average. Yep, career average. 25. Talking through his whole prime over, and everything. Over her. But but it has to be NBA minutes, not that G League minute shit. Over under. Where I expect he may have to spend some time. Over under 21 and a half career minutes I'm for Nazareth. I'm going under. I'll go over. What are we betting? Wait, like minutes played or average? Average. Oh, okay, thank God. Twenty-one and a half minutes for his career average. I, I will go. I will go under, and I will go happily. We'll have to figure out what we're betting. You want to bet dinner? I bet. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're betting dinner. Yeah. All right, and guess what? You're gonna lose because Nazri is a first-round talent in a portly boy body, and he's gonna work his ass off, and he's gonna be one of the most dominant offensive centers in the league. He has to play NBA minutes, not G League. I'm just gonna, you know, make sure to. Add that stipulation there. Just wait until he gets it. And here's the thing. Here's the technicality. He's going to pull a good old Amphrey Simmons, play one game for 40 minutes, and I'm going to win this fucking bet, Dave. 
<laughs> Shout out Nas Reed. Let's move to the next one. Gogo will be the best big in the draft. Kind of condescending, or kind of uh, what's it called? Uh, wrong? No, no. But what's wrong? But what's the contradiction? It's yeah. a contradiction because I just talked about how much I love Nas Reed, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be the best yeah. bit. But you put Nas Reed's top end, is that guy's gonna be a great sixth man for your bench? <laughs> yeah, but he's gonna be a great sixth man for your bench. We all love Sweet Lou. We do. We do. What love was Sweet, Sweet Lou. Lou's work ethic coming out of high school? I don't know. Shit, I don't know, but it's great now. That Same. guy had two fucking girlfriends. That's work. He has. That's gr- work. He, he's keeping that together, which is more impressive. So, is he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He still has two girlfriends. Yeah. No. Yeah. That picture was like in 2012. No, you could check it out. That was when T Pain was still like. He's still doing a thing. it. Check no out the Clippers games recently. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Goga's going to be the best. <laughs> Go- conversation. All right. Goga's going to be the best pick. If he's not going to be the best pick, who's going to be it? It's Bull Bull. Come on. This, I, my, my anchor is tied to Bull Bull. He is the best big in this class. If you, if you want to count Zion Williamson as a big, I don't know if I want to allow that. If you want to count. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't. He's a wing. Um, size be damned. He, he's not tall enough to be a big. He might be fat enough to be a big, but he's not a big. I think that uh, there. You're a liar. Has 2018. A... This is from Complex. Lou Williams talks about breaking up with one of his two girlfriends. Mm, but did he replace her with a sec with, with a new one? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I saw a Clippers game this year with two women at the game. But maybe Could've that's just sisters, TNT Dave. playing it up. Uh, Goga. You see a lot more in him than I do. I think he has everything it takes to be a good center in the league. I don't think that he's going to be the best in this class, though. I think either A, Bull Bull comes out and proves to me that he's right and he's awesome, or we get a weird happenstance thing happening where, like, Jackson Hayes grows into his body and actually delivers. Like, mm-hmm. When's just, Bull Bull going to grow into his body? Never. He's already there. How is he already there? Because he's already 7'2". How much more do you want him to grow? Grow into, oh, into it. his body. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have an extra large coat. Doesn't mean I'm grown into it. <laughs> it's all that kid is. It's just a big... Like, I mean, it, like took, a, it took him beat a couple of like, years. So three years. Three years from now. He's like four children in a big-ass coat. He is. That's bull bull. He is. But three years from now, he'll have decent muscle on there. Maybe or maybe let's I just, replace I don't, the kids. I don't, see, I don't see Goga. He's good... I don't think he's going to be transcendent, great, you know, top of this class. That's the thing is, I don't think anyone's going to be transcendent. I out think of this Goga, class, probably not. Goga's just going to be the best. Okay. I think it's going to go Goga. Yep. Naz Reed. Shout out Naz Reed. Jackson Hayes, Daniel Gafford. Wow, Sean. You really hit centers. And then Bobo. I, I would put uh, Bruno Fernandez, as Ricky likes to call him, mm. ahead or of Gorga. Uh, Gaff Daddy. Uh, and yeah, his boy Gorga Batazde. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I... I I can't put him. Can't put him there. Sorry. All right, and final one, Dave. Romeo Langford will be better than Kevin Porter Jr. Both two guards, both looking at him. I end up just looking at the fact that yes, Romeo might not be a great shooter yet, but he has less problems when it comes to form than Kevin Porter Jr. does. And we saw what he was offensively in high school. People were comparing him to Kobe, and he was great defensively at Indiana. I think that this kid has a lot more to work with. I think that he's coming from a better place to build NBA players in Indiana. I think that I think the world of this kid, and I think that Romeo Lankford is going to be better than Kevin Porter Jr. This is probably the least hottest take, but I think this is one that you do definitely disagree with me on. Funny enough, I don't, but I really? do want to ask you, is this all propped up on the fact that in the way too early you had Romeo Lankford as your number one? Yes. 
I, I, I knew it. 100%. I knew it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we did a way too early mock uh, about a year, uh, maybe 10, 11 months ago. And uh, Sean had selected Romeo as his uh, number one pick. In it was this before I saw Zion play actual basketball. Yeah, so. that's fair. That's fair. We we did not. Yeah. And now I think Romeo is probably my 20s. But yeah, Romeo. Romeo's right in that drive. 15 to 20 range. Yeah. Um, Why well, do you think Romeo's going to be better than Kevin Porter, though? Because he's already you 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 hit it heavy with the he's already got a shot and he tries on defense and he's got you know measurables are fairly similar, but I think that Romeo is a small bit away from being a really good two guard, and I think Kevin Porter Jr. You have to worry about the mental shit. You have mm-hmm. to worry about. I know a lot of this is going to come out in the interviews with teams. I hope teams will be able to flesh out like what really went down at uh, USC this year. How come your playing time was stunted? How come you know you weren't able to have the ball in your hand? weren't able to work the offense with you? Are you picking a fight with your coach at this point? Pick a fight mm-hmm. with your teammates? Like, what was that whole thing behind closed doors? Because we all saw the talents there, but the talent also dropped off the face of the earth at times. So with him, it's just if you have no consistency, you have bad form on your shot. There's more red flags on Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, and that is why I would agree that. At least Romeo Langford, maybe playing an outdated version of the game with his ISO mid-range game, but like if he can add that three-point shot consistently, well, what if he modernizes his game? What do you think his top end is? Oh yeah, no, I think. I, but what if you think he oh, modernizes top game? end? What do you think his top end could be? Because I have a name, and I wonder what you think about it. Uh, I mean, I'll, if he doesn't modernize it, people were confident his top end to Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. and if he does modernize them. modernize his shot. Like a th- maybe like, a th- like Chris Mid. Oh, okay. Because Chris Mid is six seven, Romeo six six, right? Um, Chris Mid's got a longer wingspan, but I think gameplay wise, both of them really excel at being. I think that he would excel at being a secondary uh, scorer for a team. I know Indiana, he had to carry it, but yeah. Who do you who do you got in mind? Bradley Beal. Ugh, why you gotta do that to me? I love Bradley Beal. I don't love Romeo Langford. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think if he modernizes his game. Yeah, I, think I mean, be similar players. Bradley, Bradley Beal's shot came along over time. Uh, facilitation came definitely. Along over I don't time. think I don't think he's gonna be as good as a shooter as Bradley Beal, but yeah. modernizes it. All right, I think he could be like a, a Bradley Beal. That's a high, high praise. But that that is why we're calling Chris Mid's about to get paid. Chris Mid is about to get paid, but Bradley Beal's better than him. Sorry. No, I'm not arguing that. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just giving my boy Roman yep. Langford a little more credit than okay. Chris Mid. Okay. Fair enough, sir. I, I don't, I don't see it. But if that's what's coming through your eyes, this is Sean's hot takes. Yep, this is, this is these are, are my hot takes. On. Give us your hills that you're going to die on. Are you a big Cam Reddish stand, a la Jake? Are you a big, uh, big? I mean, who who are you? Who can you be a fan of in this draft? That's the problem. Is the more you dig in the draft, the less you like these players. Sometimes are you a big Rui Hachimura guy. You be yeah, you can be Ricky and say he is going to be the next. Giannis. Yeah, are you a, are you a big Jalen Leck girl? You know, you a big you a big. Uh, well, I said boy, so I want to be, yeah. include the girls as we well. We have to be inclusive. Um, so you know, what are you? Who, who's your person? Because there's like I, you I, got? I weirdly love like uh, Chuma. Like mm-hmm. the end of the year, I talked about this in the last segment. Like I fell in love with him, his play style, his ability. I think that he's top fifteen talent. I think that had he not been injured, he would have gone late lotto. I think that ten. I honestly, I wonder about the the. We talked about the Timberwolves, and instead of teams mocking Brandon Clark or Rui there, that it could have been Chuma. 
Honestly, I do. Yeah. And and that injury, I know it's a big, scary injury for someone as athletic as he is who depended on that bounce, but I just believe. I've got the unrational belief in him. That's what that's what this is about, though. Any other guys? I think Bull Bull is unrational. It is, belief. but at the same time, it makes perfect sense. Perfect Sh- sense. Shout out, shout out, Rudy Gay. Fucking Rudy Gay, man. <laughs> Love Rudy Gay. That's Chuma Keke. Fucking Rudy Gay, man. That's who he is. That'd be awesome. Not really, uh, but anyways, let us know what you think. Uh, I die, I die for Rudy Gay. You know. I'd awesome. die on that hill. Shout yeah. out Rudy Gay. Yep. Um, but let us know the hills that you die on down in the comments below. Ricky, thankfully, we'll be back to save the podcast next week. Uh, but Dave and I had a blast filling in from on the po- Primetime Podcast. And if you, for some reason, like this, check out patreon.com slash mustwildpodcast. Uh, and, and if you help support us there, then maybe we won't have to do this podcast and, and help your, your ears by not having to listen to our mouths. Nah, it's you know? terrible. They love us. They absolutely love us. I hope so. Last hot take, because I love a closing hot take. I heard somebody say that R.J. Barrett in 10 years is going to be the best player in this draft class. Um, (laughs) Let us know what you think about that. I think, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think it's fair. For Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.